shirt tucked in. I got my shirt on top. I shake my head. Tell about your glasses? Yeah. In a couple years, I'll wear some glasses. Well, today we're going to continue in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you didn't get the chance, go back and listen to Gibson's uh, sermon on the beginning of the first part of chapter 11. Killed it. It was awesome. I'm sitting at my desk last week and this week. I actually listened to it twice. It was that good. I was sitting at my desk and I, I work at Merck and I write, I do a network operations. So I was writing code for um, putting up some new networks, which is funny for me to say, because if you know me, that's not my personality to do that. And in my notes that I have for doing that, the network operations, I have notes about Hebrews chapter 11, <laughs> verses 1 through 8. So that's always fun when my boss is like, what's that? Like, oh, this is Abel, and um, how faithful he was. Um, so anyway, we are in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to have Janine come up and read for us, because um, I don't like to read out loud. And um, so as soon as you get to Hebrews chapter 11, could you stand and we will read scripture together? And she's going to read um, verses 1 through 19. So we're going to read what Gibson talked about, and then we're going to go all the way through 19. Okay, Hebrews 11, starting with verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, 
and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So two weeks ago, Gibson spoke on um, verses 1 through 10, and I'm responsible for 1 through 19, and then next week we're going to finish up the chapter of 11 with Larry going from 20 to the end of the chapter. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling my inadequacy as the, as the deli meat between two fine pieces of bread. So, so let's pray. Father, you are, you are good. You are sovereign, and that is an amazing thing to be both of those at the same time. I ask that as we as we walk through this passage of your of the the hall of faith of all these amazing men and women that we can learn from, that your spirit would speak through me, that it would be clear and understandable, and, and uh, that we can walk out here renewed in our faith, or to gain faith for the first time. I ask that you would speak through me. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. So the first couple verses in in chapter 11, we learn about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham. So we we hit on those four, and there are are a bunch more. How many, many, if you had to take a guess, how many people are listed in the book, in the chapter chapter 11 of Hebrews? How many do you think? 16. You must have heard me talking to mom. <laughs> if you ever get to come to my house after, after Gibson asked me to speak, or if you get to sit in my parents' house for two or three weeks, you will hear my sermon. I, I need to talk it through to people, and I, um, I bounce my thoughts off people, and um, and so I guess my little ones overhear me sometimes. But 16 people are mentioned in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And they're Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham, which we spoke on last uh, two weeks ago. And then you have Sarah and Isaiah and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab and Gideon and Barak and, Sam- and Samson and Jeff- whatever his name is, and David and Samuel. Sorry, I'm not good with Hebrew names with lots of consonants and not many vowels. And they were all described as having great faith. But what is faith? What is faith? Faith always anticipates a better day to come. Always. But faith also, it moves. It acts. And it's not stagnant. It's not stagnant. Because if it's stagnant, then it's not faith. Turn with me to um, Genesis chapter 17. 
Genesis 17, starting in verse 15, you'll see the promise of Isaac's birth. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Now, if you know the story of Sarah, how old was Sarah when she, when she had Isaac? She was old. <laughs> she was old. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, how old was Abraham? It says it. How old, how old was he in, in Hebrews when Isaac was born? Good as dead. That's old. And he was old than Sarah. So like she was like 90 and he was like 100 when, he, when, she, when uh, Isaac was born. As good as death. That made me laugh when I read that. Um, but she was well past the age of having a child. And in Genesis, it says that they laughed. Has God ever told you something? You go, Ooh, that's funny, God, that's not happening. But then it does. So that happens with Sarah and Abraham. And they believe and they had faith and they put in that faith that moved. And then their son is born. And it says, chapter uh, verse 18, it says, of whom it was said through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Who is Abraham's offspring? The Israelites. Where did that name come from? Where did the name Israel come from? Jacob. Who is Jacob? Jacob is the son of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. So in verse 18, when it says your name, he will have your name carried on. Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He's talking about Jacob and the Israelites. Did Abraham see that fulfilled? No. Abraham had died by that. Abraham had died by that. But see, faith, see, sometimes in, your, in, your, in our walk, things are promised that you don't get to see happen. And you see that all through the Old Testament. Right? You see that all through the Old Testament. Why? Because the Old Testament is always pointing to who? What? Jesus. What? Jesus. Okay, I was just making sure you were. Exactly. It's always pointing to Jesus. Every page of the Bible points to him, talks about him, reveals himself to us. And so, this faith that Abraham had. Then in the first verses, where, where, when Gibby was talking about that, he, it said he was a, t- a tent dweller. Why was he a tent dweller? Because God had promised him a city. Not where he was, but where the Israelites were going into the promised land. Right? And so he dwelled in these tents, but he had faith that God was going to do these things because he is faithful. I should have kept my page. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, we learn of the sacrifice of Isaac. How old is Abraham? Old. And God tells him, take your son and come and worship me. And one of my favorite parts of this this chapter and the story of, of Abraham is the beginning of chapter 22. And God calls out, Abraham! And Abraham says, here I am. Here I am. What a great answer. 
Because a lot of times I, I look up the stairs and I call one of my kids and I've never heard, here I am. I've heard, what? And then I just pause. I don't say anything. And I wait for the door to creak open and they come down the stairs. That'd be kind of cool though to hear. Here I am. It's a long shot. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And what did Abraham do? Did he walk? Was he like, wow, you said I was going to be the father of many nations, God, and that's kind of hard if I don't have a son. No, in faith he went, and he did the thing I marvel at in the story of the sacrifice of Isaac, I'm, everyone marvels at Abraham. Like, how could you do that? How could you, how could you take your only son, build an altar, put him on top of it, and you're about to plunge the knife into him? And that is amazing. As I was reading it this week, I marveled at Isaac. Because his dad's really old. And I'm pretty sure he could take him. I'm pretty sure as a 41-year-old man, I could take my dad. Pretty sure. Sorry, dad. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure I could take him. But he willingly laid down, bound up. That's faith. That's faith. And looking at things to come. Because faith, like we said earlier, faith, it's an action word. Faith moves. Faith acts. It's not stagnant. You don't have to turn there, but in James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? It's a tricky, tricky thing to talk about with faith and works and how they, how they intermingle. Right? There's a lot of tricky things in, 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 in Christianity that are... That are Fun to talk about, and they're hard to explain. Right? How is God good and sovereign at the same time? How is there, how can we be predestined and have free will? How is there faith and works, and how do they intermingle in in, in God's perfection? And A.W. Tozer, in his book, Knowledge of the Holy, he calls them human thoughts to a God idea. How do, you, how do you wrap your mind around something that God created? It's hard to explain as a, as a mortal, as a, as a college dropout with very little education. Like It's hard for me to explain that. But you can see it, and you can see it lived out in minds, right? And so with faith and works, it's how do those intermingle? Because the scripture says that the demons believe demons believe, but they don't have faith. But in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that all these people, 16 people, they all had faith. And they had faith in what? And how was their faith lived out? Their faith was lived out through obedience or works. So what good is it, my brothers, if someone has faith but does not have works? And when you go through and keep reading, it talks about how to... Um, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, 
be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body? What good is that? So also faith by itself, it does not have works, it is dead. So how do we, how do we wrap around, how do we go from doing good things and being faithful and having faith and how do they, how do they intermingle together? Well, you can see in, in Sarah's life how she was obedient and showed that faith and, and at first laughed, because it's funny, if an 89-year-old woman came in today and said, I'm pregnant. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's funny. And you will be blessed, and you will this, and you will that. Did, did she see that fulfilled? Did she see all these things fulfilled? No, but they had faith, and they believed, and were obedient. And, and next week, we'll hear about, about Jacob, and Joseph, and Moses, and how the stories of them, of these things that are to come, and to be faithful, for Moses to be faithful and go in front of Pharaoh all those times and go, well, I don't know about this, but uh, all right, God, I'm going to trust and obey and, and be faithful and have faith that this will happen because you said it would be. One of my favorite books of the Bible, <coughs> two books really, but they're First uh, and Second Timothy, the reason I like First and Second Timothy is it's an, it's, an, it's an older man in Paul, and he's discipled, and he's brought along Timothy, and he's, he's writing these letters to him. And in Second Timothy, he's, he's telling him, look, my ministry is almost over. I've run the race. Here's the baton. Now you run. And be faithful. And at the end of it, in Second Timothy um, 4, Verses 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. When Paul's writing this, has he... Has he received the crown of righteousness? No. How's he know? How's he going to do it again? Because God told him. Because he has faith in the one true God. Because all these people, all these 16 people that we read in Hebrews, they don't see the end. They never see it. Moses never saw the promised land. But he was obedient in his faith. Took the Israelites out of enslavement in faith. I was, I actually, I told Gibson when he asked me to speak, I said, it's, it's interesting that you, that, that you asked me to speak on, on the, these verses of, of, of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, because for the last two months or so, I've been reading through the book of Genesis and studying the book of Genesis. And Joseph goes down to Egypt through horrible circumstances becomes second in command, one of the greatest nations in the world at that time. And his brothers come down, and finally his dad comes down. And they have this family reunion. When Jacob comes down, it's Israel, right? So the nation of Israel comes down. And how many people in the nation of Israel are at that time? When, when Jacob finally comes into Egypt, and he brings the family, I'll let you know, there were 70 of them. 70. 
God told Abraham, I will make you as numerous as the stars in the sky and grains of sand on the beach. Fast forward 430-ish years later. How many people crossed that Red Sea? Conservative estimates say 2.1 million. Some people say double it. So anywhere between 2 and 5 million people. Now, can you imagine if you had a drone at that time and you were that upward view and you see that mass of people crossing the Red Sea into the desert? I think that looks like the stars in the sky. They engulf that desert and they look like grains of sand. Did Abraham see that? Did Jacob see it? But they believed in the promises of God and had faith to walk in it and to be faithful. And their works and actions showed their faith. Because to me, faith, if I can horribly describe it, faith and works, to believe in the promises of God and then your works come and, and, and bubble it up so people see your faith. Because to say you have faith and with no actions is just to go, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, okay. And then nothing. That's believing. I believe. But to have faith, there's something behind that. There's, there's works behind that. I know that was horrible, and I apologize for that. And God has already forgiven me of my sins, so it's okay. But do you, do you see the, the promises and the faith of all these people, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and on and on and on of these amazing people in Hebrews chapter 11? So I would encourage you today, as we, as we leave here, that faith anticipates a better day. Faith is an action word. It is not stagnant. It moves. It acts. And to run our race like Paul. Like Paul says to Timothy, run the race in faith. Let's close. Father, thank you for today. And use my, please, I beg you to use my horrible analogies and explanations of things and um, my stammering um, that, that we may understand that our that faith is is an action word that it moves, that it's not stagnant. And that we would have faith in the one true God. That is you, Father. And, um, and that when you speak to us, that we are, that we would be like Abraham and say, here am I. Here am I. Use me. Use me for your glory. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you for all the examples throughout Scripture in these, um, in particular, these 16 men and women um, that showed, showed great faith. Showed faith in things that they could not see and, and sometimes never saw. And I thank you for your word and all that it teaches us. And we ask all these things in your precious name. Amen.